Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jerry Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right, uh, NBA, yes, the season ended. Congratulations to the Warriors on their championship parade. We had uh, free agency. Most of the big guys have landed and signed elsewhere. The Summer League. But there's still a couple of big names being kicked around in potential trades, and that's one of the reasons why we're having our next guest on. He covers the Utah Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune. Andy Larson joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Andy, uh, it's like 120 degrees through most parts of this country. How hot is it in <laughs> Salt Lake City right now? It is 105. It oh. is, yeah, it is uh, quite the the scorcher and has been for the last couple of weeks it feels like here in salt lake so you know it doesn't feel like a desert during the winter but during the summer it gets it gets real warm <laughs> well stay cool my friend hopefully you stay in, indoors and you're indoors in air-conditioned climbs to talk to us for the next 15 minutes all right major changes for your squad the utah jazz during this offseason made the playoffs again last year quickly eliminated or too quickly eliminated for most people's likings, um, but had made it six years in a row. And shortly after the season ended, your head coach decided he had done enough in Salt Lake City and resigned as the coach of the Utah Jazz. Quinn Snyder walks away, but had made the Jazz a respectable Western Conference team. Why do you think he decided to walk away? You know, I I think he saw the writing on the wall a little bit. You know, I, I think he saw that the team, uh, you know, really had struggled last year and, you know, obviously, yes, made the playoffs, but weren't anywhere close to being a contending team, losing to a, a team that didn't have Luka Doncic to, uh, for a lot of that Dallas series. And then saw that, you know, I, I think that they weren't going to stay together, you know, that, that Jazz, uh, with a new front office led by Danny Ainge, we're, we're going to make some changes and we're going to make changes probably involving the star players with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. You know, I think even if they had kept those guys, you just kind of look at the supporting cast of Mike Conley, Bojan Bogdanovic, Rudy Gay. All these guys are over 30 and, and, and entering their mid-30s or even late-30s in, in some of those cases. Like, it's, it's just tough to imagine how this team would get better than what they were last season, even if they had brought everyone back. So... Uh, with no cap space, no draft picks, I think Quinn kind of, again, saw the writing on the wall, saw that it was uh, kind of an opportune time to get out before, uh, you know, kind of going through yet another kind of struggle of the season that wasn't going to meet kind of championship expectations, um, you know, that, that they kind of hoped for 
three or four years ago when they were putting this court together. Since it was a resignation, not a firing, there's the possibility of parting on good terms. Was that the case? Yeah, I think so. You know, look, they had a kind of goodbye press conference, which is not usually the case when you fire someone, right? Like, and it was, you know, it, it was a little bit awkward to be sure, but it wasn't, you know, I, I think the Jazz would have preferred that Quinn Snyder led them into this new era. You know, I think he actually did a really good job. You know, you remember when he took over the Jazz eight years ago, they were the worst team in the Western Conference and kind of did slowly build them up with Rudy Gobert, then Gordon Hayward, then Donovan Mitchell uh, to be the number one team in the Western Conference in 2020. Now, that being said, obviously fell well short in the playoffs. You know, I am not saying that Quinn was uh, a perfect coach, but I, I think that you look at kind of his player development resume with the Jazz and other teams. I think, you know, the Jazz really would have liked to and said they would have liked to see him kind of lead them into the future. But I also understand that as a competitive guy, as a guy who had put a lot of his, you know, effort and energy into this team, uh, you know, didn't want to go through a rebuild and, and didn't want to go through that kind of same situation again. All right, since all the coaching slots have been filled for the upcoming year, we know Coach Snyder's going to be on the sidelines. Does he immediately become the most viable candidate to step into a different coaching job starting next year or even in, in, in season, do you think? If the right job opens up, he would jump. Yeah, you know, I, I'd be a little bit surprised if he went in season. You know, I, I think there is, you know, kind of this constant rumor that you hear around the league that kind of the, the idea here is that Quinn Snyder takes over for Greg Popovich after this next year. And, you know, Greg gets one more season before he retires. And then you go into the San Antonio Spurs organization, which is where Quinn spent some time as a, as a young coach. And then also, you know, as a, as a team that gives their coaches a lot of leeway, and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, 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 power, frankly, you know, in terms of front office decisions, in terms of how the, the team runs. And obviously there's a culture there as well that I think Quinn Snyder would like to be a part of. So that's kind of maybe the most likely outcome I see, but, you know, I think that there are other interesting options around the league that could happen in kind of next off season. But, you know, kind of talking to him and, and again, what he said in this press conference, like I, I do think that he could benefit from some time off and, um, you know, get kind of really actually get the chance to spend some time with family and friends. And, you know, he's, he's such an intense personality that he goes really all in when he's working. Um, it really may make some sense for him to take like a, a full year away from the game and, uh, really kind of get a chance to recharge before he takes on his next challenge. I was going to say the proverbial recharging of the battery is what the coach is looking at. Um, we're talking to Andy Larson, covers the Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so uh, when the coach steps aside, you need a new one, and the youthful Will Hardy comes in from the Boston organization, um, assistant coach there, so a connection with Danny Ainge, your president in charge. Um, heard that he wowed them in the interview process and that uh, your part owner, D. Wade, was also involved in the process of picking the new coach because they interviewed three or four guys, some of which had NBA coaching experience, not Will Hardy. Why was Hardy the choice? How involved was D. Wade? Yeah, you know, I, I think he was the choice because he did kind of win the interview process. I mean, look, he's he's 34 years old. He's the youngest coach in the NBA or will be next year. Um, there have been a couple coaches in NBA history that are younger, but just barely. You know, I, I, I think uh, you look at, first of all, he, he does have 10 years in the Spurs organization and actually didn't overlap with Danny Ainge in the Celtics. You know, Danny Ainge resigned from the Celtics 
in the, at the beginning of June last year, and they, they hired M.A. Udoka and, and kind of added to that coaching staff later on in June. So actually, you know, as much as I, I'm sure Danny got kind of the, the feedback on what Will Hardy was like from people he knows in Boston, there wasn't really overlap between those two guys in kind of the, in the Celtics employment. So, um, you know, I, I think it's kind of the, the Greg Popovich uh, bring up. He, he did, he coached on Team USA with the Olympic team in Tokyo, along with guys like Steve Kerr and, and obviously Popovich as well, Jeff Van Gundy. And, you know, he just kind of talked to people around the league about Will Hardy. Um, and they just all have kind of uniformly positive things to say. I, you know, I, I think it's, he's a, a clearly a hard worker. He's, you know, kind of a guy that puts relationships first in a lot of ways. Um, and then, you know, is, is kind of a considered kind of a genius kind of type of learning the X's and O's and being able to apply them. So, you know, you're never really sure when you're you're hiring an assistant coach who hasn't been a head coach for the you know for in his career and not even at like the G League level or collegiate level or anything like that. So it, it is a gamble by the Jazz, but I think it is a it kind of a kind of a wise gamble there to go young and again looking at kind of the direction of the team is trying to start this new era, giving a a young coach kind of a five year contract, a, a five year window to do something. Uh, to prove himself to grow as along with the team, I, I think does make some sense for the Jazz moving forward. All right, let's get out onto the floor with the uh, Jazz. Yeah. Um, didn't know it was going to happen. Snyder retires, probably could read the handwriting on the wall when the handwriting was stamped when they traded Rudy Gobert. Big package. Five players, four future first-round picks. I understand he's, if not the defensive player of the year every year, a candidate to get it every single year. His game is what it is. Parts of it are phenomenal and uh, all-NBA first-team. Others, not so much. And yet they got five players and four first future first-round draft picks. Was this just too good a deal for Danny Ainge to turn down? Did he uh, turn his magic in to get that kind of package from Minnesota in exchange for a guy who's at best an okay offensive player? Look, you know, I, I think, yes, you have to give Danny Ainge a lot of credit. I don't think that this was a situation in which the Jazz definitely would have kept Rudy Gobert had they not been overwhelmed by this trade offer. You know, I, I think it was. Uh, they were going around to other teams and making outgoing calls on Rudy Gobert to see what you know packages were out there, and whether that was from the Chicago Bulls or the Atlanta Hawks or what have you. You know, I think that there were a number of interested teams, the Toronto Raptors, another team that were kind of in in the Gobert sweepstakes, if you will. Um, but nothing came close to this offer. I mean, we're talking with those other teams. We're talking one or two young players and and one or two, maybe three picks at best, getting four plus a pick swap, plus five players, and, you know, five players that I, I think have some reasonable reasonable value in the league. You know, like Patrick Beverly is a guy who's contributed for playoff teams for years now. Malik Beasley is a nice shooter. Jared Vanderbilt is a 23-year-old starter. You know, like they, they have some nice pieces here. Walker Kessler just got drafted in the 20s. And, and so, yeah, you, you look at it, and, you know, I, I remember kind of my reaction when the deal came down. I was like, okay, so they didn't get kind of a centerpiece player back. Uh, and then Adrian Wojnarowski was like, you know, hey, they got multiple picks back. I expected that multiple number to be two picks. That they got four picks plus a pick swap in this deal is was surprising and has been shocking for a lot of the league, not just us here in Salt Lake City. You know, I, I think 
Um, it, it does go to show kind of the, the value of picks kind of decreasing in the NBA. You know, you saw DeJounte Murray from the Spurs get traded to the Hawks for three first-round picks. I'm not sure that he gets that package uh, two years ago, three years ago. But there's kind of this sense right now that, it, you know, if, if you really do think that you're going to be at the end of the first round, that those are very tradable assets that, that you, you want to give up to make the right star move. And, you know, whether that's the, the Celtics trading picks for Derek White and, and obviously using him so well and getting to the finals, um, you know, it, it just has, it has worked out for some teams. Now, obviously, there are some real big counterexamples. The, the, you know, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade being an obvious one, uh, with Danny Ainge with the Celtics where it has come back to bite teams in a big way. And, and so it is a super risky move for the Minnesota Timberwolves, no matter what. But, you know, I, it's covered Rudy Gobert for eight seasons. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's, again, you, you pointed out the best defensive player in the league. Um, you know, and, and is kind of a walking top 10 defense. But I, I you know, I, I understand that there are problems there. And then also he just turned 30 and he's got a big contract for the next, you know, three years and, and a, a gigantic player option after that. So, you know, I, I think it's a, it's definitely a risky move. And I understand if you're Minnesota, a team that's fought for relevance for so long, why you're, you're willing to give up these picks for, a, you know, another star to add to your rotation with Anthony Edwards and, and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, but from a Jazz point of view, again, kind of looking for a way to get out of the middle, out of the middle treadmill, if you will, where they're just in the playoffs, but not especially close to, to challenging for a title in any significant way. It did just make a lot of sense as the start of a rebuild kind of trade to, to go all in for all of these picks to get these young players back and get this to all that, you know, could really kind of fast forward that. Most significant guy that I think came back on the trade, most intriguing for sure, is Patrick Beverly. Give me the percentage chance he's on the roster at the beginning of the season, or do you think he's a, a flip candidate, a guy who uh, might have more value for a team that's closer to being a uh, playoff squad? Yeah, you know, I, I, th- I think they look to trade him pretty quickly. You know, I, I could see him starting the season, starting training camp um, with the Jazz, but, I you know, look, he's 34 years old, and – uh, he just came off a great season with the Minnesota Timberwolves in which, yeah, I mean, I think changed the culture there a little bit and did bring them to the playoffs, uh, you know, being a, a defense first guy. I, that kind of player is going to be vastly more useful for a contending team than it will be for the Utah Jazz next year. So, right. you know, we kind of know how Danny Ainge operates at this point from, you know, he's, he's going to wait until he gets what he thinks is the right price. Um, that being said, it doesn't make any sense to hold on to Patrick Beverly for much longer because, you know, you just look at a guy at that point of his career, um, you know, he's, he's, it's not going to be as positive of vibes in Utah as it was in Minnesota last year. I, I just think that, you know, now or, or soon is a good time to trade Patrick Beverly given kind of those constructs. And, I, you know, I, I think that there is probably a market out there for him. Maybe, you know, I, I'm not sure that you get a first-round pick back for him, but if you get – uh, a younger player or multiple seconds or whatever it is, you know, really you're, you're looking for value back in a way that, you know, he's, he's not as helpful to the Jazz as he would be to another contending team this year. Nandy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune, Jazz speak guy, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, as soon as Gobert was traded, the rumors start, well, Donovan Mitchell can't be far behind if they're going to complete rebuild in Utah. And the organization came out and said, not so fast. We're going to build it around Donovan Mitchell. 
And that stayed in place for a good solid three, four weeks. And then this week it came out that the Jazz would at least listen on offers for Donovan Mitchell and truly go into a complete rebuild. Where does it sit right now? How do you think it's going to play before the season starts? Donovan Mitchell going to be a Jazz player or not? Yeah, look, I mean, that the, the kind of public stance that they were retooling around Donovan Mitchell, um, I, you know, I think was just that, was a public stance rather than a private stance. And, you know, I, I think that they were even open to offers to Donovan Mitchell before the Rudy Gobert trade and, you know, will continue to be. I, I, I do think that there should be a high price for Donovan Mitchell, right? Like he's 25 years old. Um, was actually a very efficient pick and roll creator last year. Didn't bring the defense, uh, but has, you know, some of the best playoff performances, whether it was in the, the Denver series in the bubble or, you know, multiple 50 point games in the playoffs. And you just can't say that about a lot of 25 year old scorers that are on the open market, right? So, you know, I, I think they are looking for a return that would exceed the Rudy Gobert return. Um, and there just aren't that many teams that can give that. Now, that being said, the obvious and logical and big market one is the New York Knicks. And that's also happens to be where Donovan Mitchell is from uh, and, and played AAU ball up in New York. Uh, his former coach here in Utah, Johnny Bryant, is now the, Tom Thibodeau's lead assistant in New York. Um, and obviously he's also a, a CAA client. And we, we know that the New York Knicks have a lot of CAA ties, including former CAA agent Leon Rose as their team president. So, um, you know, there's obviously a, a lot of connections there and, and reasons why such a deal would work out. And I, I do think that the Knicks would give up, you know, a significant number of their picks in order to make that work. And, and that's what negotiations have been over the last few weeks is, okay, who is it that you're, you're going to acquire in this deal? You know, players, they're, they're looking at obviously RJ Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Cam Reddish, Miles McBride, kind of all these younger players that the Knicks have recently drafted or acquired. And then, again, a big haul in picks. And, you know, the Knicks have eight tradable first-round picks. I don't think that the Jazz can realistically ask for all of those or will realistically get all eight of those. But they are asking for a majority of those picks, so five or six of those picks back. And, and really, we're talking about a record-setting haul for, for Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think you can debate whether or not he's worth that or not. But, you know, again, picks are probably less valuable than they ever have been. And, you know, some of these picks are protected. And if you think that the Knicks are going to be a good team around Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, let's say they're able to keep him, Julius Randle, and so forth, like, you know, you you may be giving up picks at the bottom of the first round. So I, I, I think, again, that's kind of where the negotiations stand right now is, hey, which of those young players are going to be included how many picks are we talking here? You know, I, I think the Knicks would be very willing to give up some of their protected picks that they just acquired for uh, the, the pick in this year's draft that they traded away. They just acquired three kind of end of first round picks in 2023. I think they'd be willing to trade those away. And understandably, they're more reluctant to trade away the unprotected Knicks picks that they can move in, in the future years, 25, 27, 29, and so on. So, you know, I, I think that's where these negotiations are really happening is, okay, yeah, how many picks, what kind of protections, and which of the players, you know, the Jazz would really like Quentin Grimes. I think the Knicks would like to hold on to him after a really solid summer league. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. You know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of reason for these teams to kind of budge off their, their stances right now. 
Um, but I do think that there is a lot of reason for these teams to get a deal done before the season begins. Um, you know, I think both right now the Jazz and the Knicks are in the middle. And again, we don't want to be in that trade mid- that that treadmill middle of, of the league. The Knicks want to go up, and, and frankly, I think for the Jazz, it makes more sense to go down for the time being and, and try to start again a, a real rebuild that makes sense. Given that Donovan Mitchell will probably leave at the end of his contract anyway. Trade rumors is what we all live on during the down season as NBA fans. <laughs> you should have uh, plenty to talk about and speculate there in Salt Lake City with the Mitchell situation. Great stuff, Andy. Appreciate you coming on board. You lent a lot of insight. Thanks. Try and stay close. Stay inside. Don't go out in that 105-degree weather. <laughs> we'll do. Thanks, Jody. That is Andy Larson from the Salt Lake City Tribune here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right. I want to put a little mix, NBA mix in. The Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes, certainly something we're talking about. And Utah taking a step back to take two forward. Uh, never an easy thing to try and sell to your fan base, but that's what they're doing in Utah these days. All right, Jody Mack coming back. We'll get the phones reopened. Take your calls the rest of the way. Hit me up, 855-212-4227. Get with the Mac Man here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 